The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the Old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Braxton Jones had a tough game last week. Four penalties, two holds, two false starts. He's got another hold this week. You can see on the inside. I just think sometimes you overcoach guys. And, and Justin Fields is going to have to, he's going to have to develop this. They're going to have to figure out a way for him to understand when does that mental clock go off in your head. He held that football way too long. Well, a third down sack puts him out to the fringes of field goal range. They're going to try it with Cairo Santos from 52, Darrell. And that's another situation where that, that mental clock has got to go off for Justin Fields, especially in a situation like that. You, you turned a, a, a field goal opportunity into a more challenging field goal opportunity. You're out to 52 yards now because of that big sack on third down. And here's another long one right here by Cairo Santos after the sack given up by Justin Fields. Yeah, again, you just you, you got to know. And, and real lucky right there because it's, it's a sack fumble p- potential by Cam Gill. So... Chicago very lucky to have the opportunity to attempt the 52-yard field goal. And Santo's been been good, but yeah, it's uh, it's awareness and it's it's processing things and understanding within it's the not office. Not an easy job to do, be, be, and, and that's why the the guys that do it as well as they do, they make 200 million dollars cash. Feel, uh, I mean, uh, Mahomes got another extension got today. Another bag. Or, or at least he he got he got it reworked. Yeah. And he got uh, again based on the Burrow extension and and the other stuff that's happened in the offseason, he got more money than any anybody else over the next 4 years guaranteed. That just happened today and that's who the Bears play. And again, as I've mentioned, the football gods have a weird way of punishing the Bears. Not only are we questioning if Fields is the right guy, now we get to see Mahomes. Uh, and the week that he gets the extension, um, Jerry Billings says what people don't realize is if Fields doesn't succeed and they get Kaylee Williams, we start all over again. He's not going to go out and tear up the NFL in season one. And, and remember, like you, you're going to have to make more decisions, too. If Fields doesn't work out, do you bring in a whole new coaching staff? Yes. I would I would think you would. You, you're not going to let this coaching staff and Getze handle another quarterback if this one fails. I wouldn't think. Like that's that. Those are the previous mistakes that the last several Bears regime has made. You let the the, the new, and then when they screw it up, then you bring in another one and new regime in, and then they have the old quarterback, and then it's always a mismatch. You know what I mean? Like then you're looking for. It's depressing that we're even having this conversation before week three even kicks off. I, I know, I know. But, but it's it, reality. It's, it, it's just two weeks in, and this was supposed to be just starting to let the foundation settle in. Like, it was only, it's supposed to be the building time. But now you're realizing maybe even the foundation, there's flaws in that. And I, this is why I want to play the Olsen stuff. So we know. I it all, it all starts with Fields. Fields has to be better. We know this. The processing is too long. We, we've said it from the get-go. He, he has guys open. He needs to, to plant that back foot and, and rip it. He, throw the ball. Find DJ Moore. Find these guys who are open. We said it with Mitch, too. 
Mitch had guy Allen Robinson. Mitch, he's open right here in the middle of the field. Find him. Throw the football. But are they making it as easy as possible on fields? Are they doing this on purpose? Do they want to see fields operate only from the pocket? Um, Greg Olson reminded us that while he rushed for over 1,000 yards and you maybe don't want him to run as much, not to take away his greatest strength. This was uh, from a couple of months ago, not this last time before the Packer game, but Olson joined us during the offseason. Remember, he played with Cam Newton when Cam won his most valuable player, and he was a dual-threat quarterback when he could throw it and he could run it. And Olson, now the lead analyst uh, for Fox, does he have the game? Is he doing the the Bears Chiefs again? I, that I don't know because they're national. They're nationally televised. Is it? Is it? Uh, I don't know Fox if it's Fox or, or CBS. CBS game of the week. Yeah. So then it would have to be Olson and Burkhart. So Olson reminded us of this. Don't don't forget about Justin running the football. And what did he rush for yesterday? Three yards. I think he ended up with four carries for three yards, but I think there were three. Like true runs, and so here was Olson from a, with us a few months ago. For whatever reason, the, the NFL fan base and the media and, and you know whoever you want to put into that bucket, when they look at quarterbacks who run and when quarterbacks who make plays with their feet, whether it's off scramble, off script, or it's designed, you know, whether it's designed option, designed keep, you know, a lot of the things that we saw Chicago do with Justin last year, whichever one of those cases. We had this weird, we jumped to the conclusion that just because he runs, it's because they're unable to play from the pocket. They're unable to do a lot of the more quote-unquote prototypical quarterback things. And I don't think that's the case with Justin. So I think there needs to be a balance both within and outside the organization where they say, we're going to continue to play to Justin's strengths, which is as an athlete. But along those, we're going to continue to develop him as a passer. And one does not have to take away from the other. You just have to do it in a smart way. So I think the biggest thing they need to do, continue to develop the on-rhythm passing game, the on-time passing game, both pre- and post-snap declaration, decision-making, being on time with the ball, understanding what looks defenses are giving both when, the, when they're lining up and then post-snap with the disguise. Like As he continues to progress in those areas, don't force-feed that in lieu of doing what his strengths are. Right? As I always used to tell young players, Never lose what you hang your hat on. Whatever you hang your hat on, always be great at that as you build the other things in your game. So I would say the same thing to Justin. Continue to be a playmaker. Continue to be a game changer with the ball in your hand. The year he had last year was incredible what he did with the ball. He was really one of the main only threats on the team. As he developed that passing game, the more traditional passing game, it'll just make him that much more dangerous of a player. He can be both. One does not have to necessarily take away from the other i love that so like that threat is what makes him great yeah so don't handcuff him now right we you, you everybody has this thing that like you want to you want to reinvent oh in order to make him a pocket passer we have to force him to only play from the pocket like i guess that's to a degree true but if you have a player whose strengths are a b and c as you're trying to build up d keep a b and c as a threat because he's damn good at it yeah Right, like, don't all of a sudden try to reinvent the guy. You drafted the guy. You know who he is. There's a lot of room for improvement in the traditional passing game, and that's fine to acknowledge. But he's really good at a lot of other things, too. So keep him good while you continue to build the rest of his game. I, I believe that's for any position, right? I believe that's for a speed-wide receiver. Yeah, he's got to be better in and out of his breaks. Maybe he doesn't catch the ball great. But I'll tell you what, while I'm teaching him to run dig routes and I'm teaching him to use his hands, 
you best believe I'm going to send him on six beat balls a game because that's what he does. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I think NFL coaches and to a degree organizations have a hard time understanding that the teams that do it best are the teams that play to their players' strengths as they continue to build up their weaknesses. I love when he said it then, and I love it even more now because it was almost like he forecasted what the Bears were possibly going to do. Yesterday looked like they only wanted him to play from the pocket. I think they do need to give him more quarterback run calls. But sometimes, too, their running game is a read option. And defenses are defending them differently this year as well. So when he puts the ball in the belly of Khalil Herbert, sometimes last year the end was crashing down and he'd take the ball and run. Well, I mean, these defensive coordinators got wise to get their ass kicked by him running the football last year. So what these defensive ends are doing now is they're staying at home and if that's the read, and the read is to keep it in the belly of the running back, Justin's not taking it and keeping it because defenses have adjusted to him. Now, that doesn't mean you can't design some quarterback runs, but I think teams have adjusted to what they saw last year, and that may take some of his you know, rushing totals away from him. That's just the nature of the beast. Look, I, I, I could give you the Mitch Trubisky game plan. We could cut the field in half, and we could roll to the right or roll to the left and just focus on that. But at the end of the day, that ceiling is like, it's an artificial ceiling. Right, and then where, where are you where going are you with that? And then what, what are you learning about Justin so, with that? Right, so like I get it, and there's some frustration that I have about some of the stuff I'm seeing. Are they putting him in position to take advantage of what he does? Well, maybe the defense is adjusting, and that's why he's leaving the ball and making the right choice by leaving it in the running back's gut. Could they do more? Yes, but they also have to find out if he can function from the pocket. If you go to the Mitch Trubisky escape route in week three, I don't know if you're doing yourself or your team any long-term benefit. What you're doing is you're trying to put a Band-Aid on a head wound. Now, I would also get him out of the pocket. Easier said than done because teams are being more disciplined. But two of his best throws, in my humble opinion, the last two weeks are two of the best plays where he's most comfortable and he actually is thriving was the rollout to the right early in the game against the Packers where he threw the ball to Mooney on the move. Went to the side. I thought the throw to Cole Komet yesterday was a fantastic throw. Got to be Cole's a catch. Gotta, Cole, Cole's got to secure that ball. But what, what what is the similarity? He's outside of the pocket. He's throwing the ball on the move. For whatever reason... He's more comfortable, and he's more accurate throwing the football when he's on the move. So if I'm coordinating him, I'm going to try to take advantage of that. But there's only so much you can do in some aspects as well. We all want the court, the, the, the coordinator to just put Justin in a position to take advantage of what he does. Well, okay, well, we're going to do that. But we also got to do this. And if he doesn't do this well, then we limit what we can do. And we're putting an artificial ceiling on our offense. Phil in Rogers Park here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Phil? Hey, guys. Great to talk with you again. Good to hear from Uh, you. I got a few different points for you. So I'll be as quick as I can. Uh, First of all, I completely agree with whatever everything you just said. It's nuanced. Obviously, fields has to be better. But completely agree with what Greg Olson has to say. And just... From a macro standpoint, guys, I look at this team, you know, over $100 million in cap space this past year. They're the number one overall pick, arguably the most valuable asset a team can have. 
in terms of trade capital outside of having a franchise quarterback, and you still are a bottom five offensive line unit so far this year, and very clearly the worst defensive line in terms of talent in the NFL. You know, and just from a macro standpoint, you know, Sylvie always talked about it starts at the top. It's completely true. I look back, I, I think about before Poles and Eberfus got hired, I think about the committee that was assembled. It was George McCaskey, Bill Polian, who's not employed by the team, Tanisha Wade, and Soup Campbell, who for whatever reason was let go by Ryan Poles after he got the job. At that time, they had been interviewing head coaching candidates prior to finalizing any general manager being named. At that point, they had assembled a head coaching finalist list. Eberflus was on that list. And then Poles comes in and interviews Eberflus, Dan Quinn, and uh, Nathaniel Hackett at the time. But the issue being is that they clearly had a favorite that they were going with. And as we know already, Trace Armstrong both – represents Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. So, and then you hire Kevin Warren, the president, where in reality it should be, as you've said many times, Sylvie, right. the owner hires the president, the president yeah. hires the GM, the GM hires the coach. It's always so backwards. Have a, it's always backwards. All, exactly. And we have a broken system again. So well, now and and what, do we, at, Phil, what did we do yeah. before? We drafted the quarterback, we yeah. fired the general manager, and then we hired new general managers to inherit the quarterback. Right. Just like then we hire the coach and the and the general manager and then we hire the president who inherits those two. We always do it backwards. Exactly. Well, and, I think and, this time, if in fact you have another miserable season, I don't think that Kevin Warren will have the patience that predecessors have had. I think you will see him be more assertive and make some difficult decisions if in fact that yeah. happens. Yeah, I would certainly hope so. And the thing is, guys, is that, you know, if we're just evaluating this coaching staff, nobody's going to convince me that if Sean McVay was the head coach and had his staff, or if Pete Carroll was the head coach and had his staff, or Kyle Shanahan had his staff with Justin Fields and the players on this roster, that they wouldn't be in a far better position to do well each Sunday than this current staff does. And I see it evidenced by the fact that I wouldn't say Brock Purdy is more physically gifted of an NFL player than Justin Fields is. I wouldn't say Geno Smith is a more physically gifted player than Justin Fields. And you're talking about Puka Nakua, right? Like an undrafted receiver, and he's catching 15 balls a game, and Sean McVay's got him in a one-touchdown game versus the Shanahan and the Niners, who everyone expects a Super Bowl contender. Coaching matters. And, you know, if I could just lastly say, guys, we want to talk about like decision making. You know, the coaching staff they they have to bring something to the table. It's like McVeigh's pulling out fifteen targets a game for this guy, but it's like where's Zach Pickens? Where's Dexter? It's like those guys were taken over John Michael Schmitz, who is is a very clear plug and play center for Minnesota, who the Giants took in the second round. You know, and it's just like year after year we talk about the evaluation and the decision making. And you you have it starts at the top, and you have to get it right. But coaching matters more than anything else, in my opinion, over the talent that you have in the NFL relative to other sports. That's why I was a big proponent of looking at Jim Harbaugh. I mean, the guy won three of the four years. He was at the NFC Championship game with the Niners. I know he wears people thin, but still, it's like results matter. And it just seems like the Bears have once again begun a very broken process. And I wish we had a new ownership group that saw that for what that was worth and to finally get it right.
Phil, good call. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Charles on 290. Charles, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. Appreciate you taking my call. Uh, Sylvia, I'm just like you, man. I'm such a Fields guy. I love the draft pick when it, you know, when it was made. And he, by far, is just the most talented quarterback prospect the Bears have ever had. And to this point, I cannot believe what I'm watching, like what I'm seeing on Sundays. I mean, he's gotten to the point where he's not doing the basic things that, you know, second-string NFL quarterbacks do. And it's like, how are we here again? It, It just boggles my mind. And, I mean, it's week two, and we have people already talking about drafting Caleb Williams. And we're already looking at taking, you know, hypothetically the thought is, you know, it's coming up. I, I just, I can't believe it. So, I, hopefully I'm not alone, but it's wild. I think, I think we're all in shock. Listen, when you talk about talent, I'm, my assumption is, is you're talking about physical talent. Yeah, he checked all the boxes. But, but there is something to being a football player and, and position specific that goes beyond talent. Like, nobody would have ever said Tom Brady was the most talented quarterback. Nobody would say that about a lot of the guys. I mean, you know, Phil just called about Purdy. Nobody said that about Geno. Nobody said. So you can have all of the talent. Chase Claypool was kissed by the football gods. He's six foot four and 215 pounds and runs a 4.45. Who's the kid from the, the Rams that Phil referenced? He was a fifth round pick. Puka. Doesn't mean that because you have all of that physical skill that it's going to translate to you being a fantastic football player. You still have to have a knack for your position and you still have to be good at the sport despite the it, fact it, that you're enormously talented physically. It, it is, it is a case study that I don't think we can ever study. No. Like, would that, if Tom Brady doesn't end up with Bill Belichick at that time, does Tom Brady does Tom Brady ever get a chance? Does does you you know what I mean? I know he was pretty good at Michigan. And, right. Well, it's and, like it, it, it's like Purdy, like, Brock Purdy, Purdy, but Brock Brock Purdy was a successful college quarterback at a Division One school, right? But if he goes somewhere other than Shanny's offense, he may not. He's missed. You know, he's Mister Irrelevant. Does he even make a roster somewhere else? It's, it's a great point. You've got to find a spot that works for you. But Brock Purdy drops back and rips twenty yard ends. Right. Right. Because because you've got a you've got an offensive genius there. Well, because the quarterback also understands that open is open. I don't care if it's Debo right. Samuel or it's Dante Pettis. But but that same franchise is also the same franchise that gave away three first round picks. They make for Trey. No, I know that. That's what I mean. That like no one's per- right. so they could coach him up. There was a problem with the evaluation. No I, I'm not my, arguing with my, you. I'm just saying that my point is is that. Let's give Brock Purdy some, some, some credit for being good at the position. He may not wow you, but he's good at playing quarterback. Like what you're trying to find is a guy who's good at playing quarterback and also has all of these sure. natural gifts. That's the ultimate combination. It's Patrick Mahomes. Well, well like does Gina, is Gino good now because he's been around the block and he's learned or because now you finally found a spot with a great head coach in Seattle who has given him what he's long been after after almost a decade in the league. It's a good Do you know question. what I mean? Like, yeah. like, that's what I mean. He, you he, have he, to he find was, a good spot. He was one, considered one of the bigger busts in the NFL no until doubt. now. No hmm? doubt.
You've got it, it, that's why I said it there, and you said it. It's a nuanced conversation. I just don't think you can be locked in on any one thing. It can't be that this guy's a great athlete, but he's got questionable, you know, quarterback talent. It can't be that he's got a, a great quarterback grain, but doesn't have any doesn't have any natural skill. It's got to be a combination sure. of everything. Right. The, only the great ones stand out above without regard to the external stimulus. Like, that's why I, I resist the thought that, that, that Mahomes wouldn't be good here. Like, because he defines the position well, in yeah, so he's many the, ways. one of the greatest ever. But there's only a handful of guys that actually can succeed in a consistent environment or in a consistent way. And, you, and most guys need it all to fall in place. See, like, when I, like Fields had the great arm. Fields has uh, the size. He's got the athleticism. He's a worker. Yeah. He's a leader. Yeah. And then the aptitude test, he did very well on. By that, I meant he checked all the boxes. He had Absolutely. the smarts. He had the athleticism. He had the arm. He's got the size. Like, he has, if you created a quarterback in a lab... He's close to checking every box that you would want checked. But nobody would have ever told you going back to his his college days were different than how the NFL is played. And that's one thing that people did have questions about. Would he be able to speed things up at the NFL level where everybody out there is a step ahead in terms of talent? Sure. You're not playing against the Indiana secondary with well, you hope to get Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on your team. Right. But like I it's was different. explaining that to my kids yesterday. It's gotta happen quicker and open is open. And and look, I mean, nobody's given up right now, but they have to be better. The coaches have to be better. The offensive line have to be better. And the quarterback has to be better. You can't deny that. You can't just make excuses for him. Yep. Jim in Crystal Lake, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, guys. How's it going? We're good. Jimmy. Hey, uh, so I think one of the easier ways to break this down um, is I believe, like, the coaches ha- almost have, like, a conflict of interest um, on dealing with fields. They want to see what they have. But they also know he, what he can do and what he can't. But they're they're trying to see for the future. So, again, I think that's somewhat of a conflict of interest. But the reason for my call was: Did you guys see after Claypool's touchdown yesterday that they put up a stat that said, and the, the, the announcer on TV, whoever that was, said that Claypool's having a really good game. He had they put up a stat. He had three catches, thirty-six yards, and one touchdown. Since when do we consider? Three catches, thirty-six yards, and one touchdown—a really good game. Early nineties. That's pretty fast. Yeah, right. Right. it was like that was that well, was part. That was time for me to go to Planet Hollywood and start drinking lemon lemon drops. Well, for Claypool, considering that they were thinking about benching him, and that he blocked early, and that he caught a touchdown his first in a Bears uniform, we have lowered the bar for a guy they gave up the thirty-second overall pick for. We haven't. No, 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 right. I'm saying as a fan base yes. and the Bears as a team, like they have tried to they have tried to push instead of disciplining him, they have tried to raise him and to get more out of him. Can I quickly say something positive about this team from yesterday? I'm going to say it. You know, I, I know that you, you look at me like there's nothing positive. Look, I will say this. They were without basically their entire starting secondary after the first quarter. There are some guys that stepped in, and you don't even know their names, and they played hard. 
And and there was some success keeping this Bucks team, albeit a very mediocre Bucks team. They played well in the red zone. They helped keep that game in check, and it was a one field goal game in the fourth quarter. So in week one, I didn't think there was anything to pull from that game. I didn't think anyone was prepared. I didn't think the effort was what it needed to be. I would say this, you know, if you were a backup cornerback being asked to step in because some guys went down, I thought that crew performed like professionals yesterday. Marcus Stroman stepped in yesterday for the Bears. <laughs> didn't he? I'm being serious. Like, no, I, so I, mean, I know, I know. His name's Greg. Didn't Greg Stroman yeah. play a little bit in the defensive secondary? Greg yes. Stroman Jr. Yes. 27, right? I'm not, I'm not giving out participation trophies here. It I'm sounds just a saying, little bit like it. I'm not. It sounds just like he was saying, when when you, since when did we start saying 36-yard games when were you good were, games? When you were called on to step in and play and help keep your team in a game, you have to deliver. And I think that there were several guys, especially in their secondary, that did that. You you had a chance to win that game in the fourth quarter, yeah, didn't you? they did. They did. That's yeah. your job as a backup is to step in and make sure that there is a seamless transition yes. from your starter to your backup. Coming up next, Waddle will uh, compliment uh, Ngakwe for uh, nearly getting no, two won't. sacks. No, he won't because he's he, your starting defensive he, end. He will. <laughs> That's not his job is to get to the quarterback. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you are here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. I'll keep the nonsense in my folder till tomorrow. Enough nonsense to talk about football related. Right so we we'll want to take these Bears calls. 312 312- Three three two three seven seven six. Is the Bears are zero and two heading to Kansas City? Although I do have some doozies, so you may going to want to turn. Oh, really? Tune Can in you tomorrow. read a headline as a teaser? Uh, a couple the- livid after sitting next to farting dog on thirteen hour flight. A farting dog was a farting dog with its owner, or did it buy a seat by itself? I think you know the answer to that question. Hmm. Okay, that's tomorrow. I got another one about condoms that you're going to want to tune in. Give me the headline on that one. Uh, Ontario woman receives package of 1,020 condoms she says she never ordered. 1,020, not 1,000. N- or not 1,021. Right. 1,020. 1,020. Correct. What's your 1020? Remember that on the CB? What was 1020? Is that your location? Is that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say. You, I, I'm asking you, little foot. I know. Very good that you remember my CB handle. Uh, Quinny in Oakbrook, you're on ESPN 1000. What's your uh, 1020, Oakbrook? Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, first time caller, I'm excited. What's Welcome. up, Quinny? Uh, nothing much. It's just the Bears have been just pretty uh, disappointing me for the last, like, five years. Um, like, back in 2008, I really wanted to go to Soldier Field with my dad, and he told me, like, son – you're not missing much. And he was 100% right. I mean. 
Oh, we laugh, but it hurts. It's know, it's, it, it, oh, it's a painful laugh. Yeah, hundred yeah. oh. percent. Like Soldier Field was dedicated to the men and women who have protected and served this country. Correct. And this is how the Bears repay them. Just, it's just unbelievable. I mean, we just can't get anything right with the offensive coordinator, with the head coach, just anything. So my question is, um, do you think Eberflus is actually going to get? fired after uh, week four if you lose to the Broncos? Are no. they going to break that trend? No. Um, look, I, I think that if they get to the end of the season, like I said, and, and they, they are a five-win team and nobody's made progress, I think there are going to be all changes are going to be on the table. All changes. I can't believe we're here. We're, well, I'm just I, responding I, I, to Quinny. No, 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 I projecting. know. I, I know that. I but but I that this listen two when you games in. Well, when you come out and play like that, especially in week 12, one, and it's twelve in a row. Yeah, like, I, like they were talking about it this morning. Did did Jimmy Johnson survive a twelve game lose streak? What what was was he one in fifteen? Yeah, in that his was first, his first year. One in fifteen. One in fifteen. So I don't know how that was divided up. But didn't they go to the playoffs the next year? Is that correct? I'm not not 100 like, like percent sure. It's you very hard to survive, even they, when you're trying to lose this long. By the way, attached to that, I heard this yeah. great stat: they've lost 12 in a row, giving up 25 or more points in each of those losses. That's the first time that's happened in NFL history. Yeah, they were giving in they were, NFL history, right? Right. They were talking about this on Greeny, too, today, about the, this game being a nationally televised game, this being the Fox game. This is not the time, if you're the Bears, that you want your product to be on national TV. Like, when all hell is breaking loose, where's, where's Alan Williams? You've lost 12 in a row. This is going to be 13 in a row. You may, you, you may not have your quarterback. Um, it's all being shown to the country now. Like, this was supposed to be an optimistic season. This was supposed to be yeah. a showcase of the young Justin Fields coming up against the most exciting player in the National Football League in Patrick Mahomes. Instead, this is another Bears buster of a team after two games who may get their ass kicked. This is another series of facts here to just... To highlight the situation. Yesterday, our offense gave up 10 quarterback hits and six sacks. Our defense had one quarterback hit and zero sacks. Now, there were four sacks in the first half. I believe three of those were on the quarterback. And maybe four of the six are on the quarterback as well. The pressure. You could talk about, well, we pressured them. And I think that the coach told Jonathan and Cap today, well, we got there. We just didn't get the quarterback on the ground. Well, ultimately, at the end of the, the, the game, they don't really put you on a pedestal for getting close to the quarterback. It was very wanty esque Yes, exactly. Uh, not only that, but the point about the one long catch. Oh, geez, if Mike Evans wouldn't have had the 70-yard catch, and oh, by the way, that was pass interference. He pushed off. Yeah, we all saw that play. That wasn't pass interference. It was P.I. No, I thought it was offensive P.I. Well, you you didn't want that all you want, but I don't. When the quarter, the cornerback is the first one that initiates contact. Oh, Evans pushed off. That's P.I. Okay. You keep telling yourself that. I will. Okay. I got to hold on to something. <laughs> do you want to hear uh, Eberflus's message to the Not fans? Really? Okay. This is yes, his message to yeah. the fans this morning on uh, Cap and Jay Hud. I would, I would say that, you know, have the belief 
okay, have 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 our Bears players backs, okay, and and making sure that we we understand that we are working our tail off to get this thing done, and uh, it's going to work, and we're going to do a good job of executing. And I thought the improvement, uh, and uh, there's going to be improvement from week week two to week three. First of all, he would not have been allowed on this show with you in charge. Not because with that he's a phone bad phone call. Yeah, that, very, very bad phone guy today. Look, you've heard me say I, this a million times. The good thing about the situation currently see is... See that wall? If I would start running, I would have bounced off that wall. We're not running through any wall. <laughs> That's true. But, but, but you have an opportunity to change the way everyone feels about you. How you feel about each other in the building. All of that stuff. You have full control. The fans have no control over that. They can have your backs all you want, but you guys have to be the ones that initiate the change and the improvement. You want us to stop wringing our hands and gnashing our teeth and saying less than great things about you? Win some games. Play better. Coach guys up. Yeah. You know, do, do all the things that are necessary for everyone. We want to love. Everyone in this we, town we wants so to love. So badly. So badly. Mark in uh, Forest Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mark? Hey, uh, how you guys doing this evening? I just have one comment. Nobody talked about this guy reading basic defenses. I mean, reading is fundamental. You can get the average D1 college quarterback come in read basic defenses. But this guy seems to not be able to read basic checkdowns basic over the top. You saw he can't recognize basic defenses at the NFL level. And you guys mentioned Purdy earlier. I mean, he came in. Uh, he's not overly athletic. He's not overly powerful, but he's serviceable. Just like most quarterbacks that come in, they can read basic defense. That's all I'm going to say. Reading is fundamental, You're right. and it don't seem like this guy can read. Is it reading defenses or is it going through his progressions and finding well, open guys? I think guys? it's all it's all connected. I mean, that's all connected is to be able to know what the defense is trying to do against you and then know where you're supposed to be focused on and making the necessary decisions. So it's all connected. Jimmy on the north side, you're on ESPN 1000. Yo, Jimmy, what's up? Jimmy. What's up, fellas? How are you guys? We're hanging in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, first thing I wanted to say was, first thing I wanted to say was, can we FedEx those jerseys and the helmet combination to Chris Dale to get rid of those things? I mean, those are brutal. I like the orange, orange. Jer- I like the orange jersey. I mean, I mean, oh, and not the jersey. I like the orange helmet. You don't I think like the orange it. helmet could go well with some white. It might go well with white, okay. but that is just, I mean, the orange on Jimmy, orange. Jimmy, uh. honestly, honestly, like I know you got more to say, but like that. I don't care if they play in, in you know, top hats and overcoats. Just be better. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, uh, you know, one, the couple things I wanted to talk about with respect to uh, the Bears' offense, you know, it's interesting. Last year, I believe this is uh, 100% true, that they led the NFL in first-drive touchdowns. And yesterday they had a first-drive touchdown that looked really good. And then the question is, what happens after that? And then two more things. Number one, you know, what's interesting is Fields, he doesn't seem that he seems like he's regressed with his elusiveness. You know, he, last year he really improved getting, be able to get out of the pocket. Now he seems to be like kind of sitting there. And the other thing is, why haven't we thrown any long passes yet? Yeah, like, no, yes. they haven't aired it out once. 
I uh, Jimmy, I asked Waddle this question. Like, why not throw a few deep passes here and there? Ty, you drafted Tyler Scott. He looked good in the preseason. Why not try that with Tyler Scott? Don't give me any Valus Jones plays. Do we not know that they've told him to do this and he just won't pull the trigger? Like, I don't well, know. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that. I mean, you know, it's not a serious organization, guys. We have another $100 million in cap space next year. We've spent the least amount the last three years. By far and away, we have the least amount invested in this team the next two years. Unless there's somebody who wants to come in and give guaranteed money and run this thing like a real NFL franchise, we're going to keep coming back to the same spot. We're two games into the season. We need to go draft another quarterback. It's embarrassing. Listen, we uh, after two weeks, uh, this is not a good place to be, especially when we were all, and me included, I was expecting significant improvement in a lot of areas, and we haven't seen it. And that's why there's a lot of angst, at least right. coming from me. There's been regression, I think, as yes. a team. 312-332-3776. Uh, that is the phone number. Uh, a couple of other uh, random things I want to bring up uh, about this team. And then uh, Eberflus did address... Uh, the, that last play, too. I want to play that coming up for you. At least the last play where the Bears had hope with the screen pass about whether that's a play they liked. Uh, does Justin have the ability to uh, call an audible out of that? We'll get to all of that in your phone calls coming up. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. A couple of random thoughts that I had. I love random thoughts. I mentioned Velas a couple of times. I didn't understand why he was active after... All the talk that Justin Fields said at the podium last week, he, he went to bat for EQ St. Brown. He knows the playbook. He can block. Everyone likes him. And, and all this misdirection about uh, whether or not uh, Chase Claypool would be up. Then they activate Valus Jones. Let's face it. He's a bust. Ryan Poles missed on that selection. Let's not force it. Stop activating him. He provides nothing. And as Yurko made... It clear earlier when he comes into the game, it's like they put a siren on top of him. We're running a trick play, a gadget play to Velas. He can't catch the football. He's not a good special teamer. You can't rely on him to hold on to the football then. And all you're doing is you're ruining a play. You go down the field on that first drive, and then you run an end around on second and long to him. And all you're doing is taking all momentum away. That's number one. Number two this is a little more in the weeds, but you traded a, a draft pick for Dan Feeney. You traded a six-round pick for him. First of all, you could have had him as a free agent this offseason. Second of all, you elected to trade a six-round pick for him. So you traded something for him, and then you elect not to use him. Carter backs up Nate Davis. You're not using him at center either because you're using Lucas Patrick. Why did you give up? draft capital on a really bad football team when you need all your draft picks for a veteran player that you have no intention on using? It's a good question. Don't have a good answer. Like it, These are like little things and smaller things that make absolutely no sense to me. You just pick someone off, off the scrap heap uh, on waivers. You have the number one waiver pick. You don't need to give up a six-round draft pick for a person you're not planning to play. Uh, you also signed Robert Tunyon, who is good for 600 yards per season 
with Aaron freaking Rodgers. You don't throw him the football either. Well, they tried. He overthrew it. Well, you like you, you don't want to throw the ball to Tyler Scott, who you drafted in the fourth pet, fourth round. You don't want to give Robert Tunyon the football. Like you have other weapons on this team. Darnell Mooney can't get a regular looks at. You have guys on this football team who you want, whether it's Justin's fault or whether it's the head coach's fault or whether it's your offensive coordinator's fault. It's it, none of it makes sense. None of it. From the general manager to the head coach, the offensive coordinator. The good news here, guys, is we were all scared a year ago that you're going to lose Luke Getze. You have no worry about Luke Getze becoming a head coach anymore. He is no way, no how becoming a head coach in this football league. And uh, he is yours forever now. So that's the good news. Signing to a lifetime contract. Yes, I am playing your game now as complimenting backup secondary members. Yeah. The good news here, guys, is that Luke Getze is not becoming a head coach. Well, I am actually complimenting somebody for doing something well. You're complimenting somebody for not doing anything well, right? So there's a difference. That is true. There is a difference that is, there. That was sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, Valus Jones may be the most easily game-planned for player in the NFL. And if you think you're going to fool Todd Bowles or this week, Steve Spagnuolo, then i barking up the wrong tree. Keep him in the building as a, as a, a, a practice squad guy. No one's going to put him on their active roster, clear him through waivers, put, keep him in your building. Maybe he gets better. Maybe he doesn't. And then wave the white flag and say, look, it was our first draft. We got it wrong. And move on. Okay. Yeah. But you're you're exasperating another problem by forcing him with a 53 man roster spot and a game day roster spot, and just making it worse. Let me see him a little more, Tyler Scott. That's what I mean. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What are your thoughts? Those were a few of the other random thoughts off the beaten path, other than Justin and them being zero two and losing twelve straight games. I will play you Matt Eberflus on that awful interception to end the football game basically on the screen call and then we'll get to all of your calls next